You may be seated this evening. I will not be before you long. Matter of fact, I'm going to set my alarm clock like I did last time on a Wednesday evening. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I'm, I'm glad to be amongst my brothers and my sisters tonight. Um, if you could turn with me to Second Kings. I'm going to take my time, but I'm not going to be up here long. I'm going to do a few, some reading. Second Kings chapter 6, starting at verse 1. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. If you got it, say amen. The Bible says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thee hence a man, a beam, every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And he said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. He went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was falling a beam, the axe head fell into the river, water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick. And cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Lord God, I ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you give me a word, Lord God, that edifies your people, Lord. Let this word fall on good ground, Lord God. Break up the fallow ground. I ask, Lord God, that you come and visit us this night, Lord God. I thank you for the singing and the worship that went forth already, but Lord, I ask that your word permeate this place right now in Jesus' name. God, send revival, send the wind of Pentecost, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. The title of my, my topic tonight is Get Another Grip. Get another grip. Uh, I'm be honest. I'm glad the youth is not here. I, I, I spoke on this last year for with the youth. The Lord gave me this message to, to tell them. And me going over my notes and me reading this has been bubbling in my spirit. So this is what we're going to dwell on tonight. If you look at this scripture, this portion of passage, it talks about what they call, the, the scholars and Bible students call the school of the prophets. 
something that Elijah and Elijah established in their times. It was a point where Elijah just went out the scene and Elijah was the prophet with the double portion, with the mantle. And the first thing I want to draw your attention is that it was a new era. It was a new era in the time of Israel and a lot of things was going on and the prophet, he called down fire from heaven and and, he, and had all these miraculous miracles, but now he's off the scene. The, 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 the chariot of Israel came and swooped them up, and now we just have this one prophet. But we have this school of prophets that is under his tutelage. And it's a new era. And I know sometimes church folks, we don't like change. We don't like things coming and going, and, you know, that's just a part of time. And we are creatures of time. But I thank God that God is eternal. No matter what era that you find yourself in, what age or what, 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 what generation that you are in, I'm glad that our Lord and Savior is the first and he is the last. He's the beginning. He's the end. He is which was, which is, and which is to come. So no matter, we, we have to deal with time. We are bound by time, but God is not. But here they found themselves in a new era and a transition period where, which was good because we see that they was experienced growth and they was in a place where they outgrew. It was a need for expansion. Similar to where we are as a church. If you look around, especially on a Sunday, it's almost packed, you know, wall to wall in here. And we look around and it's like, hey, we need to build, Amen. And I just want to not just talk to the church, but to in our personal lives. It's not good to feel or have a, 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 a desire to expand just because of frustration out of being confined or feeling like there's not enough space or you feel limited. Some people get anxious to just want to branch out. And that's not the right reason to expand for some people have egos. They want to expand, you know, let's build better, build newer. And some people, God forbid, want to expand because they want to have the nicest church or the nicest house or the nicest things in town. They want to compete with the Joneses or, or anything like that. But we got to make sure when we expand, we do it under the unction of the Holy Ghost and a desire that God has. And, and 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 if we don't do it out of frustration, you know, I I, I when I first started coming here, I, I can't. I don't, I'm somewhat claustrophobic. I don't like being, a, you know, a lot of people, and you know, I like to sit next to the exit, and it's, it'll frustrate me. You know, I'm like, <laughs> we crammed in here. You know, it's uncomfortable, but that's not just that's not a reason to expand. It's a good reason, but. If you do it just off of those reasons, if God don't have his stamp of approval on it, if God don't build the house, the man or the people that work and labor will labor in vain. Now, we do it out of the desire that God gives us because he declared that he will build his church. 
we're not doing God any favors here. We, 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 we sacrifice, and God is going to bless us. And one thing I learned, you cannot be God-given. But we see here where they had a mind to build. They went to the man of God and said, let us go to Jordan and let every man take him a beam. We need everybody to take a beam. Everybody needs to work. There's, there's work for everybody to do in the house of God. Amen. I said amen. I didn't get everybody. I, I said everybody need the work. Most churches, they tell you that 80% of the work that goes on in churches is done only by 20% of the members. God forbid. I, I, don't, I don't believe that's the, I hope that's not the case here. And, and it's, and it's the, along the same lines with the giving. But I thank God so far in our, our, our Ready Now campaign that most people are giving sacrificially for the, the, the cause of, of Christ. Amen. Now, everybody should have an axe in their hand. Everybody should have a tool. And, and, and the Bible says in Haggai 1 and 14 that God stirred up the people to work and to build his house. And I pray, and I know here at Tree of Life that God has stirred us up to get this building up. Amen. And I thank God that we don't have leadership in our past. We don't have to get up here and, and put fire on the people to get them to do things. Amen. When God stir up your heart, you, you almost have to slow some people down. Like, hold on, you, you don't get burned out. Amen. You, you should have a willingness to, to see the prosperity of the house of God. Amen. So here in verse 3, we see, he says, one of them said, be content, I pray thee, and go with us. You can have all the plans, you can have the blueprints, you can have the money, but if God is not with you, if his presence don't go with you, you're going to do it in vain. And just like how Moses said in Exodus 33 and 15, if your presence don't come with us, don't bring us up from hence. It was to the point to where I'd rather stay in slavery than to go out free and, God, you don't be with me. A lot of times we, we get to the point where if God opened that door or if he gave us that access, God, I could get it from here. And we should not as saints ever get to the point to where God, if you just if you give me that that if you answer that prayer, I can handle it from there. And even though they had the tools, they had the might, they had the people to do it, they they had the location, but they said if, if the man of God don't come with us, if your presence don't come with us, we don't want to go. And we should have that mentality, not just as a church, but in our personal lives. In our personal lives. If you if you see a journey or see a path. Even though it might seem like it's prosperous or you, you see an ends to a means or, or something that you desire, if you don't see Christ down that path, don't take it. it it's not worth it. A lot of times we, we get in a situation to where we, we, we get to ahead of, we try to get ahead of God, where God will give us a dream or a vision. And just because we got that dream of vision, we, we just act. We go. And then when we run into obstacles and troubles, 
and we get stuck, we look back and say, hold on, God, I thought this was your will. And he said, yeah, this, that was my will, but somewhere along the way, you stop praying. Somewhere along the way, you stop fasting. Somewhere along the way, you stop seeking my presence. Don't go nowhere without the presence of the Lord, saints. In verse number four, he says, so he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. They got to work. They start cutting down trees. I want to read, if you can turn with me, Luke chapter 3, verse 19. Verse number 9. Luke chapter 3, verse number 9. They got to the place and they had to clear out to make space to where they was going to build. It says, now also the axe is laid unto the roots of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which beareth not fruit, beareth forth good fruit, is hewn down. And cast into the fire. Before we build this church in the physical, we're going to have to take the axe to some of the roots in our lives, some of the trees that's in our lives that is not bearing forth fruit, saints. If it's a tree that bears fruit of lying and stealing and, and cheating and dishonesty, take the axe to it. Clear it on out so that God can put there a tree of life. Amen. And, and I'm not talking about other people's trees. Worry about your own tree. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying take an axe and say, we're going to go her- heresy hunting. <laughs> Start knocking heads. Amen. Now deal with your own trees that's in your life that, that you have to uproot. And take your own axe. Every man, they own beam. You clear your own way. Any tree that bears not good fruit needs to be hewn down. And the Bible says in, in, in Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to take my time a little bit, chapter 7. Starting at the 15th verse, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every man, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bear evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, and cast into the fire. Deal with the fruit that you're producing that's not godly. Be honest before the Lord. Believe it or not, some of us try to hide it, but people see, people see it. People see when, when, the, when you're producing envy or jealousy or hatred. It, 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 like, like an orange tree, the tree, the bark is wood, and the, 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 it's brown, and the leaves are green, but that lemon is bright yellow orange. It sticks out. You'd be able to see it. You'd be able to have a scent to it. Deal with the trees in your life that's not bearing forth good fruit. It's a scripture that I came across. I've read many times, and I've been dealing with it here recently. 
in 1 Corinthians 12 and 9, when he's talking to, talking to the Corinthians, and, and he, he was dealing and getting certain things in order with them, with the gifts of the Spirit and things. But chapter 12, verse 9, it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, I think it's 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. I was just telling Tyreek, it's hard for me to read my own handwriting sometimes. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Okay, that's the wrong scripture. The Bible says, he says that there must be heresies among you so that those which are approved may be manifest. It's not the heresy is not to approve those who don't know what they're talking about, but it's there to approve those who are studying to show thyself approved. Not unto men, but unto God. Amen. A workman, somebody that's cutting down wood, a workman, rightly dividing, rightly cutting the word of truth. You've got to cut those trees down that's not bearing fruit to make way for the good fruit. That Galatians 5 talk about the fruit that of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and kindness and faith and meekness and temperance. Those are the fruits that the Lord is trying to clear out so that we can bear in this land. Amen? If you're not bearing those, you need to take your axe, get to work, be a workman, dive in. Amen? If we look at verse number 5. It says, but as one was falling a beam, the axe head went into the water. Now, the axe head is spiritual things, things dealing with God, spiritual sharpness. I've heard people preach on this, you know, get your axe, get your cutting edge back and different things like that. I want to deal more with the handle today, but the axe head does represent the things of God. If we look in Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, verse number 10. We got to say amen. I got there before the preacher, amen. <laughs> say, if the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edges, sharpen it. Then must he put more strength, but wisdom is profitable. But wisdom is profitable. Now, if you do not keep your iron sharp, you're going to have to work harder to cut. You have to put more effort in to cut. Now, you ever heard the saying, work harder, not smarter? Work smarter, not harder. Now, in order to use smarts, you need wisdom. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the godly wisdom. In Ephesians 6 and 10, it says that we should be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. If you're using all your effort and exhorting your effort, you're going to wear yourself clean out. You're going to get tired real soon, and you're going to exhort yourself, and 
And when you try to do things your own way, that's when you get in trouble, amen. Your flesh get to working and your, your knife is dull. You ain't studying, you ain't praying, you ain't fasting like you should, but you're still busy trying to maintain the image like you're working in the church and you're working with people, but you're not keeping your, 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 your edge trimmed and, and you're not keeping your, your blade sharp as it should be. You can hurt somebody doing that. Actually, it's a, it's a scripture. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it's a scripture. It's actually a commandment where it talks about the city of refuge and where if you kill somebody accidentally, the way that Moses set up the promised land is where if something happened accidentally that somebody can go and run to and get refuge so that the family of that person who died accidentally cannot come and kill you or get revenge. And one of them is if one neighbor was cutting down wood and the axe head fly off and hit and light, the Bible said lighted it upon the neighbor's head. <laughs> Basically get, you know, an axe to the, to the cranium. And it's all accidentally. It ain't nothing, you know. Some people say, you know what, they was arguing about the property line. I don't know if that probably boiled over. But if it's an accident, the Bible actually provides a way for that person to run to a neighboring city, a city of refuge, until the high priest is dead, and then he can come back. But if we keep our iron sharp and use it properly, we won't have to worry about those things. Amen. And another thing in Scripture I wanted to show, you know, the Bible says in Daniel how Satan, he will wear out the saints. He designed... He, he tries, he, he, he puts tests and trials in your life to try to wear you out, to try to wear you out. I remember Brother Duvall, he, he gave me a revelation of when the Pharaoh told him, like, well, if they got to make more bricks and make more straw without straw, double their load. You know, he'll try to keep them busy so they won't even think about going out into the wilderness to worship. The devil will try to wear you out. Now, it's a scripture where, in First Samuel chapter 13, the Bible tells us in the Second Corinthians not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. It's a story in First Samuel where Saul and his son, they had an army, and not one of them had iron. They didn't have a sickle. They didn't have anything because the Philistines took all of their iron lest they make swords with them. And, and fight them. And they had to go down to the enemy to even sharpen the little tools that they did have so they could control them. So when a time of war came up, they didn't have nothing to fight with. That's what the devil would try to do with you if you just allow your, your, your axe head and your, your iron, your, your, your word, your sword to get dull. He'll let you misplace it, you know, it, let it get rusty a little bit. And then when it's time for war, when it's uh, 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 when the enemy come up against you, you don't have nothing to defend yourself with. That's why it's good to be in the word of God. Amen. Be good to be in God's presence in prayer. Amen. Keep your iron sharp. Losing your spiritual edge and your sharpness equates as losing your peace. 
losing love and joy, gentleness. You'll find yourself snapping at everybody, easily upset, frustrated, worried. That's, that's a, a, a quick sign to tell you that you need to wetten the edge of your axe. Amen. But in this story, I, the Bible doesn't say that the prophet's axe was dull. It just said that it flew off. And I was looking at that. I said it just flew off, meaning it's not that he was working harder. It doesn't say that. It just, it, it, was, it was just not attached to the wood properly. The Bible talks about how it had value. It, it, he, he, he cried out. And said it was borrowed. He didn't even have enough money to purchase his own. He had to borrow from somebody else. Meaning that he was a steward of somebody else's treasure. Like we are saints. You know, I, I was thinking about the man with the talents. God give us this, this treasure that's an earthen vessel. And what we do with it and how we handle it is very, very, very important. And here it is. This man has had this treasure. He had this 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 object that was precious and was using it to the furtherance of the kingdom of God, building the house, and it flew out the hinges. It, 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 he 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 was he was working it. He was taking his beam down, doing what he said he was going to do. But in the midst, he lost it. Now I don't believe that the man was careless because when the prophet asked him. Where did you lose it? He was able to take him straight to the spot. So he kept his eye on it. So I, I don't believe that it was dull. I believe that it was a faulty handle. He didn't make sure that the two materials was joined together properly. The Bible says in verse 6, That he 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 asks, where where did you where did you lose it? If anybody in here feel like you have not been get a, able to get a prayer through, wherever you lost your prayer life, that's where you can find it. Pick it right back up where you lost it at. If you feel like you can't, you you don't have that same connection. You you want to get closer to God. Start fasting. Where you lost it is where you will find it. Amen. You will be able to go back to that very spot. It's, it's stories in the Bible to where God would do a miracle and he would have the children of Israel build an altar or a statue or a memorial there to where when they pass by that place again, they can say, God did this and God did that. Not just for their remembers, but to show their children. Some of us need to build that type of memorial in prayer. Amen. Keep going until God answers you. Keep, keep going until God answers you. But we see that Elijah took a fresh stick. He cut down a stick. And put it in the water. And the Bible says that the the axe head swim, it, it, it start coming towards the stick. 
And I want to let you know, sometimes it's not about the spiritual things. Sometimes it can be sharp. We can be coming to church. We can do what we want. We, we can be doing everything that we need to do. But our handle get a little loose. Our, we start letting our grip slip a little bit. You have to be careful how you handle the things of God. You have to be very careful of how you handle the things of God. It's a story in in 2 Samuel where Ezra touched the the Ark of the Covenant when the bullock was pulling the Ark on the cart and it got to a threshing floor and and the the, the Ark started shaking and he thought it was going to rock off and fall so he put his hand forth to catch it and he dropped dead. And Ezra was the son of Abinadab, which the ark was in his house before they took it out. And I heard people preach on Ezra must have got common and he was used to it and he just thought he could do anything around the presence of God. And that's why he died. But I, I, I want to show you where the, the, the law gave a prescription to how you're supposed to handle the ark. And you're supposed to take shittim wood and cover, cover it with gold. It was a stick, a piece of wood that, that they had four rings around the ark where they supposed to put them staves through. And the priest is supposed to bear them up on their shoulder. That's how you're supposed to handle. That's how God told them to handle the ark. But when David and them went to Abinadab's house, they took it and just threw it on the cart and was moving it around on the cart. And if you look and read your Bible, you'll see that the first time that the Ark of the Covenant ended up on the cart is when the Philistines threw it on the cart. And they was cursed. Everywhere they went, they was cursed. They was cursed. They just, they let it run. They put uh, some, some cows on it and let it just run wherever it go. They get, get it out of here. And here it is, the people of God adopted a way that the world tried to carry God's glory and try to carry it the same way. And it proved deadly. Now, this is my own personal conviction. That this, I, I, I've been my brother talked about this plenty of times. It's certain music and tunes that I don't listen to. Because when I was out in the world, that same beat and that same rhythms and, and, and tunes would carry me different places, ungodly places. You know, stuff I used to smoke to and party to. I can't just take those same tracks and throw Jesus on it. And try to say, hey, it's all right, it's cool, and I can just flow with it. I can't take what the world do and try to carry the glory of God that same way. You have to be careful the way that you handle the things of God. And it, it proved deadly. It proved deadly. So here it is, that stick the man of God took and start reaching for that, 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 that thing, that, that precious thing. And I just want to say something. It's in my spirit. I was reading Abinadab, and everybody, let's thank God, clap our hands for the children program that we just had. Amen. They did a wonderful job Saturday night and Sunday night. And I'm not a neighbor preacher, but can you look at your neighbor right now and say, Brother Jordan? Look at your neighbor and say, Brother Jordan is talking about his son. 
Nacho son. Brother Jordan is talking about his kid. Nacho kid. All right, Brother Brian, you can come get me afterwards if I'm, get me straight. But Sunday night, when they start naming the names of the kids and the roles that they played, my son came up and dabbed on them. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a term that, and a little move that people do. The origins of it is what, whatever, whatever. But I was looking at a bit of dab, and I seen dabbing, and I said, Lord, that was already on my spirit. And I had a long talk with my son afterwards. I said, son, when you up here, you don't do things like because you see other people else doing it. And you don't bring everything up in the house of God. And I had, I, I, man, when I see them doing my blood boil, I had to pray. I said, Lord Jesus, I'm, this whole show about to stop. <laughs> the whole show is about to stop. Brother George's about to come up here and get his kid. But I said, you know what? I'm going to deal with him. Let me, let me talk to him. He's six years old. And I had to tell him, I said, have you ever seen daddy do that? No, sir. I said, I never want to see you do that again. Now, that's, I'm talking about my son. That's my personal conviction. All right? I'm, don't, don't go and lie on me. Say, Brother Jordan, say we can't dab. For me and my house. For me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Now, I, I just had to put that out there. You can't handle the things of God just any kind of way. That's the way I was taught. That's how I'm teaching my son. You cannot handle the things of God any kind of way. So he took that stick and he broke it off. Now, I know John 15, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, you have to abide in me. And you bring it forth fruit. If you don't, you get cut down and hewn into a fire. But here it is, I showed you, it, the, the scripture doesn't say that the iron head was dull. I believe it was faulty hands because the whole axe didn't go in there, it was just a head. So it had to be a faulty handle. It had to be a faulty grip. And here it is. The, the man of God took a fresh stick, a fresh branch that was just connected to the vine. Amen. And put it in there. And, and the things of God, the spiritual things just start coming and, and, and it came back. Now the Bible doesn't say that he used that stick and put it in the axe head, but that's what he used for it to come back. And he had to get a new one. Even though he had cut it down and, 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 and cut it from, this, from, the, from the place it was attached to the vine, it is precedence in the scripture where Moses, the man of God, took Aaron Rod that budded and placed it in the presence of the Lord. And it still brought forth and blossomed because it was still in the presence of the Lord. Like I told you, we have this treasured earth of vessels. And even though we might feel cast down and broke down and, and not destroyed, still bring your vessel to the presence of the Lord and lay it there. Stay in the presence of the Lord. If you don't feel attached to the vine, stay in his presence. If, if something cares of his life or our world woes or tests and trials beating you up, Stay in the presence of the Lord. 
you will still be able to bring forth much fruit. Get another grip. We have a church to build. God is trying to save souls in your family, at your job. And we got to have a nice, sturdy grip on this axe, and we have to work, saints. We can't lose our grip. If our grip get brittled or if it break dry rock, get another one. Go back to the altar. Let's keep a hold, lay hold to this thing. Sometimes we, 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 we keep hacking, keep hacking, and it seems like we ain't going nowhere. It seems like we ain't doing nothing. Sometimes we, we blame the blade. It's, it's, a, it's a story of two lumberjacks where they had a, 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 a contest where let, let's see who can cut down more trees. In the first four hours, the one lumberjack, he went just a whacking. They said he cut down about eight or nine trees before lunchtime. The other one, he only had two trees. But what he did was his first two hours, he sat there and sharpened his blade. And the guy was laughing at him, boy, I got a head start on you. But the other guys that sat there and looked at him, kept sharpening his blade. Kept making preparation, you know, prayer fasting and, and seeking the Lord. And when he went to work, by the time he was through, that man was working on one tree. And that man was just whacking him down, whacking him down. He got double the amount as the other man. Sometimes we get what they call a careless activity, ceaseless activity, where we just work, 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 thinking the more I do, the more I do, the more God will be pleased and everybody can see me and you will get burned out, more frustrated, look up, feel like nobody loves you, time will go by, you miss the air and you exhaust it. And, and, and it's not by your power, by your might, but by his spirit. By his spirit. Keep your handle close to the vine. Keep yourself in God's presence. Keep yourself in God's presence. Do you wear yourself out? Do you wear yourself out? If you don't keep yourself in God's, if you don't keep yourself in prayer, you know, I <laughs> I heard a message on the threshing floor of how some people get tossed and beaten and the wind, the chaff gets blown away and everything that has substance keep falling. And you'd be surprised of the longer and longer you be in church, the longer and longer you're in here, you'd be surprised of some of the people you won't see no more after a while. Some of the people, some of the people that was running good, serving good, you look up and they gone. You look up and they gone, and you pray and ask God, how, why, why? Just because you could, I, I learned this a long time ago. Just because you're at church, don't mean that you're in the church. Just because you're working in the church, don't mean you're in God's will where you are. Now work work wise day work where we could be where you could be used, but be in God's will. Be in God's will.
and I just want to tell y'all, I'm coming to the end. I'm looking at my timer. I'm, here we go. Stop. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. I got to go to work. Some people got to go out of town. <laughs> but I wanted to let y'all know, keep your grip. Lay hold. The Bible says lay hold onto eternal life. Lay hold to it. Don't let nothing, nothing loosen your grip. You know, I remember... I remember wrestlers, they hold on a rope, and they be peeling them, peeling their hands back, trying to get them to let go. Don't let go. Do not let go. If your, if your axe head is dull, sharpen it. Sharpen it. Sunday mornings, sometimes when the altar calls, just come down here sometimes. I know that y'all hungry. Some people be, you know, just up out of here. Take an extra five minutes and just hit your knees. I know you do it at home. I know you pray over your food. But it's just something about being in God's presence with his people. Amen. 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 Lay hold. If you, if you lost, if it's broke, if you're broken, if you're discouraged, if you ain't been praying like you should, Honestly, I, I I don't feel like I pray like I should. I, I I'm constantly. I, I try to pray. I try to be faithful, and I always like, man, I should, I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. Keep your grip. Keep your grip. Keep your grip. There's plenty to work. There's plenty of things to do in the house of God. There's plenty to, of things to do in God's house. I pray, I pray for strength for the 20%. If, if, if that's true here at Tree of Life, I'm asking you as a brother. I'm not the pastor. I'm asking you as a brother. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. I remember Brother Easter, he, 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 he told us to visualize. I still had that vision. I have to hold on to that vision of my family in the front row. Amen. Anybody still got that vision that you hold on to? And I'm going to do my part so my vision can come to pass, but I need you to do your part. I'm not just doing my part just so for my vision. I'm doing my part for your vision, too. Because if I see your brother, your sister come in, I know God can do it for me. If I see your children come off the streets and off, out of the dens or whatever they're in, I know God can do that for mine. It gives me hope. It gives me strength. Amen. Lay hold. Lay hold. The musicians can come. Y'all have a nice, pretty song for me. Close this out. I had a song that I wanted to sing, but I don't know all the words, and I don't want to be stuck up here. (laughs) Saying sweet potato, sweet potato, lip singing. But I do want to open these altars. Sometimes it ain't even a handle. Sometimes our hands, our palms get sweaty. We get anxious. We get nervous. God didn't come as fast as I thought he was going to. It ain't work out. It ain't working out the way I planned it. And we get discouraged. 
We lose sleep. Lose sleep. I, I could, I, you could lose sleep. You could pray fast. And when you try to lay your head down, you'll toss and turn. But the Bible says he will allow you to have sweet sleep, those who trust in him. Peace that surpasses understanding. Y'all can say it. Change.